0: Fantastic Noise.
1: Fantastic Noise. Fantastic Noise. Fantastic Noise. Fantastic Noise. Fantastic Noise. A podcast about making radio from the University of Bedfordshire.
2: Hello, I'm Terry Lee and welcome to another episode of Fantastic Noise. Again, I thank you so so much for your time and your ears. My audio experiences are predominantly in radio, but I do love a good podcast too. In this chapter of our personal podcasting journey, I'm planning to explore what podcasting is, what it was, what it has become, where it is going. A podcast about podcasts, how very befuddling. Thankfully I have with me in the studio someone who is sure to help me make sense of it all, Dr. Carlotta Larea. Hello Carlotta. Hello Terry. And uh, a full disclaimer everyone, Carlotta is not just uh, a lecturer in media arts at the University of Bedfordshire, she's also the head of the School of Culture and Communications, my boss. So if I sound particularly sycophantic in our conversations, (laughs) you now know why. Uh, Carlotta, (laughs) what is your relationship like with radio in terms of how often you listen to radio or indeed podcasts?
0: Well, I am a very avid radio listener. Actually, it's kind of built up over the last few years. I didn't, I mean, I listened to music when I was younger, but ever since I moved to the UK, it's grown and grown. And actually, I listen to the radio all the time. I wake up to the radio. I fall asleep to the radio. I listen to the radio when I'm driving to work and then when I'm ironing and, you know, I just listen to it all the time. So, And I love it. I really, really do.
2: Well, then you're a perfect uh, guest in the studio today. Coming up in today's podcast, we're going to hear from Eva Krishak, an award-winning audio and podcast producer, the self-proclaimed podcast master, producer Ben Green, and the University of Sunderland academic, Richard Berry. Later, we are also going to be dissecting some more radio jargon with the Radio Word of the Week and making another trip to Dr. Laurie Hallett's radio surgery. But first... I believe the best way to improve in making radio and audio is to listen to more and more radio and audio, so I've been asking people to contact us to tell us what they've been enjoying listening to recently.
1: What are you listening to? Hi, I'm Nell, I'm 42, and at the moment I am listening to the podcast, My Dad Wrote a Porno. I realise I'm coming to this three years after everyone else, but my husband encouraged me to browse some podcasts,
3: and I heard that one being advertised, it sounded intriguing, makes me laugh, which is good therapy, and it's quite distracting. Hello there, I'm Anthony, I live in Long Beach, California. I'm originally from Leeds, and so I like listening to the BBC 606 podcast. It keeps me up to date with what's going on in the Premier League. I find it has a nice blend of insight, passion, and the occasional humorous numpty who knows absolutely nothing about football. It reminds me of home while I'm on my dog walks so I'm stuck in traffic over here. Hi, I'm Rosie Monroe. I'm the Corporate Events Manager at the University of Bedfordshire, and lately I've been listening to a series of podcasts titled... We are women and they explore what it is that make us glad, mad, sad and and fantastic. Uh, Really enjoyable. They are contributed to by presenters such as Viv Groskop, Mariella Frostrop, Lucy Porter and others. Really worth a
2: listen. If you want to tell us what you've been listening to, drop us a line, at beds.ac.uk. In fact, let me put it another way. Please do contact us and tell us about something you've been enjoying listening to. I'd love to include your voice in a future podcast. Carlotta. There we heard from three people, including Ant, who likes the 606 football phone-in from BBC Five Live, and Rosie, who likes the We Are Women podcast. Both podcasts, be it deliberately or accidentally, are aiming at a gender with their output there. So what are you enjoying listening to at the moment?
0: So there are some things that I listen to regularly. So the news, obviously, in the morning and in the evening, almost every day until I have enough and then I have to have a couple of days of detox of news. I listen to the film program regularly because, you know, I used to teach film and that's my passion, so that's one of my regulars. Which
2: film program? That's
0: the one on Radio 4 with Francine Stock or Antonia Kirk, and it's an amazing production. I mean, they have all the high-profile actors and directors from all over the world, so the interviews are fascinating. It really is a bit of advertising for new releases, but they also have some quirky little sections in the program. For example, um, there was this series about debunking romantic comedy, which was very funny, or how to destroy a musical for you, where they would just pinpoint the most ridiculous aspects of musical films and so on. So that's very enjoyable. So that's regular listening, but I do like to be surprised. So sometimes I just turn on uh, the radio, and then something surprises me. So. For example, I listened to something about Afrofuturism. Do you know what that is, Terry?
2: No, I, I can't say I do. Well,
0: neither did I, but you know, I've learned something completely new. It's it's about mixing sci-fi and questions to do with African culture, which was absolutely fascinating, including also music, so it's futuristic music, something I had no idea about. So. I like that kind of thing so besides the regular ones I just sometimes I'm surprised and if there's something I don't know anything about that's what I really like to be surprised.
2: It sounds like BBC Radio 4 is is the main station in your house.
0: Yes I I fit the demographic I'm afraid of Radio 4 (laughs) but yes Radio 4 is, is what I go to regularly. I have it on my phone as an app and it's such an treasure trove i mean there's so much content there so you can listen about anything that you possibly would want to from documentaries to music not so much music except for Mm. some specific programs but yes radio 4 is definitely my my main source
2: it is a fantastic radio station i'd like to share something that i'm listening to as well Uh, this week i'm going to mention the five live boxing podcast uh, with Costello and Bunce. I actually really like boxing. You probably wouldn't have known that about me. I don't know why I like boxing. Uh, I would never throw a punch at anyone, personally. and <laughs> uh, Maybe that's why I like it. Mike Costello and and Steve Bunce are seasoned broadcasters, so knowledgeable, great chemistry, and a brilliant insight as well. Sometimes they play old boxing documentaries too, and I heard recently... Uh, documentary on the 1951 boxing matchup between Randolph Turpin and Sugar Ray Robinson and I loved it it was it was old audio but it was fantastic stuff and if you like boxing then I would suggest subscribing to uh, the BBC Five Live boxing podcast with Costello and Bunce do you follow any sport on the radio or or podcast or is sport ever something that you would choose to listen to
0: I'm afraid the answer is no. <laughs> well, that's absolutely fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. No, I'm not. I'm no. I'm not a spectator of sports. I mean, not even for the World Cup now. So, no, I don't.
2: No, that's that's absolutely fair enough. And I guess that goes to show why there are so many options uh, for us to listen to. Luckily, (laughs) yes. Absolutely. And I think sport on on the radio and in podcast will probably be a a topic of a future episode of Fantastic Noise. Fantastic
1: Noise. Fantastic Noise. A podcast about making radio.
2: Back to the focus of this one, which is podcasts. Uh, I recently started listening to a podcast called Everyone Else. It's Ace. It's a simple premise, the telling of one person's story but it uses some cool sound art and goes hand-in-hand with an Instagram account where the storyteller's photograph is on display. I went to London Fields to catch up with the podcast's creator.
3: Hi there, my name is Eva. I make the Everyone Else podcast.
4: Well, we've got to start from the beginning. I was 19
0: years old.
1: When this all happened in 1936.
3: I'm an audio producer for all sorts of different production companies and I guess I'm the founder and director of everyone else.
2: Eva, you and your podcast, everyone else, have been critically acclaimed to the extent of award successes at the British Podcast Awards and Audio Production Awards. Maybe there are others I'm not aware of, but how would you describe... The podcast to someone who hadn't heard of it?
3: So, the podcast is a photographic podcast, which means that there's an audiovisual element or audiovisual elements. The aim of the podcast is to tell the stories of strangers, and I do that by asking people to tell me anything that they want for however long they want, and then getting a friend of mine to take a film photograph of them that sits alongside. the the story or the idea or the concept that they want to discuss on a website.
2: I know that you have used other platforms such as Instagram for example as part of an an obvious way of of promoting the podcast due to the photographic content. As a result it feels quite 21st century, you're using social media in in that way.
3: Funnily enough, um, I actually start to consider the project purely from a photographic point of view there was no audio element in my mind when I was toying with the idea I started thinking about it when Instagram first came about because I would always walk past people on the street and see people in coffee shops and you know going about their daily business and I used to think god you're so interesting for various reasons I wanted to photograph them and maybe show my friends the people that I'd seen in the course of my day, but after a while I just sort of came to understand that the reason that I found them interesting was because I wanted to know what their backstory was and because I was working in audio, it should have been screamingly obvious that I should go and approach them and speak to them. And then the audio part of it just really lent itself, you know, for podcasting. So in a way I combined the two and I'm lucky enough that the podcast and project now not only sits on its own website but also goes out on ACAST, which allows the viewers to see the, the photographs of the people speaking as they're listening. So that's a small big up for ACAS, which, you know, isn't something that I would usually do. But yeah, it's a really nice element to, to their podcasting platform.
1: When I was 19 years old, I went to Russia. I was embarking on this round the world trip to travel by train as far as I could. And I encountered a policeman, actually two policemen.
2: To to quote something from your your podcast's website, where it says that uh, you uh, got into trouble for for being too inquisitive about people, and that that you are happy to have found a justification for your question asking. We don't hear you in the podcasts. Why?
3: I think primarily it came from a place of shyness. I, I just, I didn't think it would bring anything to have my voice in there. And I also thought that we just hear so much content where there's somebody judging somebody else's words and putting their own spin or or thoughts against what's what's been said. And I just wanted something where one person's voice sort of was in the limelight and there was no space for judgment. It was just them and their words. Um, nobody was going to sway your opinion on what they were saying. You had to make your own decision about how you felt about it. It's never a question of we want you to like this story. I say we, but it's me. Uh, you know, me and the listener. We don't necessarily need you to like this story, or for it to be, you know, a happy experience, or for it to be something that has you know laughing all the way home. It would be nice if some of those were like that, and I do think some episodes are like that, but. I think the value of the process of hearing these stories is the fact that you're on your own. You maybe sometimes realise that there's something that you re- that resonates with you or something that you totally didn't expect to feel listening to those stories. And maybe that means that you have a greater understanding of someone who you thought you'd never understand. Or maybe it means that in future you'll have a different reaction or a different stance on something that happens to you or a friend or somebody you don't even know that's the value in it for me
2: for me as a someone who listens to your podcast, obviously that first person narrative and, and giving that person real ownership of of the story it's it's about getting people to tell their stories and and for someone like me i 've got a background of community media there's something that I think we can learn from from the way that you are creating stories and and, and aiding the listening experience from time to time. Is this a sustainable project? Do you get any sort of financial return from the podcasts?
3: It's been a difficult process all throughout and from the start and even to this day when it's becoming more recognised and I guess it's getting some love and appreciation... Initially, I was always just amazed that anybody was listening. But, you know, I've, I've tried as best I can to do as much as I can with it in the spare time that I have. And that has involved looking for sponsorship and, you know, approaching lots of different companies that I think could see the value in what I'm doing and have it work in tandem with maybe whatever brand it is that they advocate or work with so far it hasn't happened because I just don't have the manpower to you know record and find interviews and edit and do a job that you know sustains me financially and then build the web pages and get the photography all of that stuff is you know really time consuming there are moments where you know a radio station will get in touch and say oh we heard this episode would you mind if we Put it out, and you know, I'm like, of course I don't mind. That's real gratification there, and sometimes that comes hand in hand with being paid for that content. Yeah, so there's little victories. Um, you know, some guy recently got in touch and asked if he could use his, the podcast in a English teaching program. Uh, that he was building, um, and you know, he said that there was great value in the fact that people were just talking in a very natural way, in different um, accents, o- on a variety of subjects, and you know, he didn't have a huge amount of money to offer, but I thought it was such a nice way that the content could be reused. That's a really nice thing for me, and so I, in terms of it being sustainable, sometimes I think no, and I just think I have to concentrate on... You know the projects that do bring money in other times i think this is really worth while because i get so much from it in terms of my own enjoyment and then also lots of people for whom the podcast has done something good financially there's still a question mark over it
1: my marriage went to the wall as do many other people with life and at the end of the day when i hit rock bottom my club was there to pull me out of a real dark hole
2: Why do you think that
1: podcasts
2: are exploding in in popularity at the moment, or the last couple of years especially? What's changed as as far as you're concerned?
3: I think um, there's all sorts of different reasons. A large one is because there's a sense of intimacy, which radio itself doesn't really have. Um, Radio is obviously traditionally for an audience, and you switch on the radio and there's that sense of mutual listenership whereby you know you're not in control of what's going into your ears and of course it's it's going to be hopefully enriching and 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 wonderful but that's left to chance Uh, podcasting is is for me a really clever and interesting way of consuming audio because you get to choose exactly almost what it is you listen to if you're really into science driven information you just go to the science section see what's up there on the highest rated kinds of output and you tune into that if you're into politics but actually you're having a bad day and you just want to laugh you know you can find a really amazing plethora of amusing comedy shows or podcasts about dating scenarios gone wrong it's a very rewarding way of listening to audio because you know what you want and you can get it very quickly and if you don't like it, you don't have to wait half an hour for it to finish.
2: Do you feel that there are any natural next steps for for podcasting and podcasts? Have you noticed anything uh, or are you considering anything in terms of a, a new development in the world of podcasting?
3: Yes, there's all sorts of things happening um, that are going to be really interesting in the coming years. Um, I've actually been talking to an AR, VR company who are... Very keen to explore podcasting, and obviously that's a quite a strange concept for many people to get their heads around. How would
2: Sorry, could you explain to tell us, <laughs> tell the listeners exactly what what ARVR, what you mean by it?
3: So ARVR is augmented reality and virtual reality. Augmented reality uh, works with real existing elements of media, I guess, and and uh, physical aspects of things that you are able to interact with. Virtual reality creates um, everything from fiction, I guess, with uh, media-led prompters. Um, so VR would usually use a headset um, that creates a world around you um, through visuals and sound, and AR might use existing elements of visual things, but but augment them with audio. And so one of these companies that I've been speaking to has um, been kind of considering, for example, Looking into the storytelling aspect of audio, but setting it in a room, for example, that lies very closely in tandem with the subject matter of what you're listening to. So, say for example, we're talking to, I don't know, Big and Tupac, the the rappers from the 80s, and they're telling you the story of becoming famous and you know their rise to success. They would maybe, for example, engineer a room whereby you know you're sitting on a couch in New York in the 1980s and all of a sudden somebody might open a window that isn't necessarily there but it's the the visuals that are created alongside that existing room that make it seem as somebody's opening the window and all of a sudden the sounds of New York start coming into your ears through a set of headphones then the 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 words that the people are speaking and telling you know using to tell their story are there but you sort of weave in a sense of time and place using audio traditionally through the podcasting or radio spheres. Also, there's um, visual aspects that might be played out onto the wall in front of you, either through a headset or through less developed technology. But yeah, there's all sorts of different ways that people are approaching it. And even um, 3D podcasting, whereby the story is told the sounds are recorded in such a way that they come not only from left and right, but from above and below. Um, And so you almost feel like you are exactly in the space that the story is being told or, you know, you can kind of reach out to certain elements more closely and with a more real experience.
2: What are you enjoying listening to uh, at the moment? Are there any... Uh, programs or radio stations or podcasts that have really got your ear?
3: Yes, uh, there's quite a few, obviously. Um, I don't get through all of my uh, episodes every week, but ones that I keep coming back to at the moment is the BBC's documentary, which is a strand that goes out over the World Service and uh, showcases and tackles issues from all over the world in a really manageable sensitive and thought-provoking way. But yes, for, for people who are really intrigued about what's going on all over the world, but maybe don't want a, a very challenging um, and difficult listening experience, that's a really good way at coming to uh, topics and, and themes that they're not very familiar with. There's another podcast called Écoutez Le Monde, um, and it's a French podcast, which um, is very short. It's usually only about six... Minutes long, but um, it's made by a French bro- broadcasting company that really um, showcases the v- the very natural sounds of France pro- predominantly, but occasionally other places all over the world, and uh, they build up an audio soundscape and use it as a jumpboard for a very short discussion. And so it's a for me, uh, I love that kind of oral experience whereby. You know, I build in some of those aspects into my own podcast, try and build this sense of time and space. Here this is recorded in actuality, but despite the words being spoken in French, you can almost guess what they're talking about because it's almost like standing in the middle of somewhere that you've never been and and getting to hear what it sounds like. And finally, I mentioned earlier, you know, um, being in a particular kind of mood and not necessarily wanting to engage with the podcast you usually listen to. Um, I recently came by a podcast called Swipe Left, Swipe Left, which is made by a fellow female audio producer in London called Claire Cofton, who collates stories of people's dating misdemeanours and is beautifully produced. Um, it's a very simple concept. It's nice to laugh sometimes and you don't necessarily you know, have to uh, go through a process of edification to to gain something. You can share those human moments, um, you know, at a distance and realise that we've all been through some weird and cringeworthy experiences and come away from that kind of podcast having felt that you've gained something completely different
2: too. Fantastic, fantastic,
1: fantastic noise! Fantastic noise! Fantastic noise! A radio podcast from the University of Bedfordshire.
2: So Carlotta, listening to Eva there she talks about the importance of storytelling to make good engaging audio. What did you take away from the conversation?
0: Well I found her really engaging you know obviously she has a great passion for radio. What I what I thought was interesting is how she started talking about some ideas uh, are supported by images. I did actually check the Everyone Else podcast, mm. and there's some fabulous photographs of the people who are then speaking in the program. So I thought it was a, an interesting mix of the visual and the audio. So that was an interesting thing. And then, um, you know, I know that's not the only way, and I know there's some mix of animation and radio, but, you know, that, that was quite interesting. Um, but what I really, really liked... Uh, that she said was that she is interested in how podcasts sometimes gives you more freedom of interpretation, perhaps because they're not so much restrained by formats or content. So how much she liked the ambiguity of some of these stories and how many layers the stories have and how it allows the listener actually to not be guided towards some idea or or interpretation, but actually gives you freedom of thought. So I like that very much.
2: No, it's really interesting. One thing you wouldn't have got from from listening to that audio is, is how when I was speaking to Eva, and I did enjoy speaking to her a great deal she was using the techniques i'm sure she uses on on the people that are stars of everyone else uh, with me so the radio interview techniques of having a complete silence but using her face reactions to encourage me uh, to say things or to ask questions so she's doing lots of like enthusiastic nodding and smiling or like shaking her head with a sad face and things like without making a noise which is is something we teach our students to do as well it's really interesting but i really liked how she talked about developments with AR, VR, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. augmented reality and virtual reality. And so
0: definitely a step from just having the picture, you know, no. of the of the people in the program. But yes, and she explained it very well, and I had no idea that this was being, you know, played on. Now, obviously, this is only the beginning of AR and VR, but we're all kind of intrigued by the potential of it. So I thought it was fascinating what she said about about how that is being applied also to radio. Yeah, it was great.
2: Ben Green, or Producer Ben, as many know him, is the head of production at Muddy Knees Media, who make, amongst other podcasts, the Totally Football Show, which is hugely popular. Ben wrote a book... With (laughs) men. Well, indeed. Ben wrote a book called Podcast Master in 2015. I asked Ben what had changed in the world of podcasting since he first got involved almost 15 years ago. Fantastic
1: noise. Fantastic noise A podcast about making radio.
5: The most exciting things that have happened recently are technology in that everyone has uh, has mobile phone now and so you no longer have to uh, sync up your iPod, download onto your desktop, plug in your iPod, and do all that, which was always a massive pain in the ass. So technologically <laughs> you've got that. you've also got widespread Wi-Fi, as well uh big 4g signal everywhere but also you've got amazing content everywhere podcasts are no longer just rebroadcast shows from bbc uh it's a medium very much in its own right you've got some really really interesting stuff coming out from uh, america we you've got a lot of true crime and very creative documentaries as well you've got really excellent one-on-one interviews people like mark Marin doing wtf uh and then if i can plug my own stuff here from uh mm. From the UK, you've got things like the Totally Football Show, which are providing a very, very excellent antidote to traditional media, traditional radio programs, and creating a really interesting other, other voice and outlet for people.
2: So, so from what you're saying, I presume, and we'll have to, to cast our minds back to 13 years ago. Back then, mobile phones and and the technology weren't particularly well suited for the podcast medium fair
5: yeah that's fair so a lot of, most of the things that you would get back then were like i say rebroadcast versions or on demand versions of things that went out on the radio there was nothing really that was uh, originally made just to be consumed as a podcast and that all kind of changed with uh, the Ricky Gervais show, which was on uh, on The Guardian. That was one of the first things I listened to. That came along in 2005. And so if you go back and listen to that, it's basically three people talking very loosely about uh, particular subjects. And it seemed pretty pedestrian now, but at the time it was kind of revolutionary. It's people just talking about stuff. Real characters there, Cole Pilkington being the breakout star and Ricky Gervais, who was obviously a big star at the time in his own right, but really sort of occupying another space. The technology was was not great for that. So that existed on the Guardian website. You had to, you know, right-click, save as, and then you get the blank screen as QuickTime plays. Or um, you had to download onto iTunes and sync up there if you had an iPod or if you didn't have an iPod, you had to use some other device. And that was, I had an iRiver, uh, which was a Korean uh, MP3 player. And it was so difficult to get files onto there. It's, it's really a completely different environment to what it is now.
2: You mentioned Ricky Gervais. Back then, media circles were wondering where, where podcasts were going to the extent that they thought the best thing to do with the Ricky Gervais podcast was turn it into a cartoon and put it on the television.
5: That's right, yeah HBO bought that up and animated it that that was successful for that individual enterprise, but yeah that, that was that was a peculiar way way for it to go and now uh, Ricky's done I think uh, four or five series of that show and he experimented with a paywall and you had to pay for things it was kind of put out as an audio book essentially. Podcasting was not a medium in its own right back then and it's taken it's taken a while I think. Kind of the real turning point was around 2014 when two things happened. You had Barack Obama going on WTF, show I've already mentioned, one of my favorite podcasts. And that essentially meant that the, the president of, of America went and talked to a comedian in his garage. So he's not a member of the press pack. He's not a journalist. Obama sat down with him for about 90 minutes and gave a really wide ranging, intimate, uh, you know, not especially political Interview. It was just it's a fantastic, fantastic listen. You can still hear it, of course, even though uh, Mark Maron has a paywall for his archive. And the other thing was Serial, which ninety million people plus have, have listened to, and that really, really shone a light onto onto what had been happening for a few years. We had these two huge, huge podcasts coming out. People really started to take notice. I was working at the Guardian at the time. There were hundreds of articles on Serial mm. back then. The the column inches that it got was just extraordinary. And, you know, having worked in the podcast department at The Guardian for about nine years at that point, it was it was really quite interesting to then be uh, people sort of thought, hmm, so mm. that's what a podcast is. <laughs> and, you know, as my, my colleague here at, um, at Muddy News Media, Totally Football Show, Ian McIntosh, he says, in the summer of 2018... His mum was suddenly talking about podcasts and mm. that's when he knew it was a it was a big thing. I remember when I, I started at The Guardian in 2006, I told my dad I'd, I'd just left a, a job in radio and I said, I'm going to work for The Guardian. And he said, OK, it's not The Times. And I said, I'm going to work in podcasts. He said, all right, it's not radio. <laughs> and I think that's kind of changed now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ben, in 2016, you wrote Podcast Master, a, a book with loads of information about hosting editing and producing online shows there's also an accompanying podcast and in the book you refer to podcasts being hot again but how many people
5: are listening to podcasts
2: do we have figures Uh, and do do you have figures for your own programs
5: well i can tell you that we've had we've just passed 26 million listens for totally football show since we started in august which has absolutely blown all of our expectations but shows You know, there's a huge appetite for football Mm. (laughs) and and sport podcasting in terms of more general numbers. So there are around uh, a quarter of a million unique podcasts in more than 100 different languages Mm. on uh, the iTunes store. And Apple says that there are something like over a billion active podcast subscriptions out there. You got 11% of people in the UK listen to a podcast or on-demand radio every week. Recent figures, um, this goes back to about 20. When I, when I wrote the book in about 2016, podcast consumption in America uh, had almost doubled in the last seven years. So things are very healthy and very much on the rise. The way that podcasts are measured in terms of audience figures and things that it's changing very regularly. So it's quite difficult to get an absolutely definitively accurate number out there but anecdotally mm. you will hear conversations between people about what they're listening to as i described with serial you know in part of the cultural conversation it's it's going on gimlet one of the best production companies in uh, america and they just do podcasts they've had episodes of their their shows uh, optioned for films they are started making dramas as well there's this huge huge appetite for it and you can also see by the the growing uh, advertising market of what's going on people want to sponsor podcasts people want to advertise on podcasts and that's because people are listening
2: the, the audience that decides <laughs> to listen to the totally football show predominantly male and therefore i've heard um razor companies for example targeting their advertising with with your company
5: yeah our audience is around 97.7 percent male and you know we're frankly surprised it's it's that low. Um but that's but we're you know that we we, we very much try to cater for all sorts of, and then anyone who, who does like football and we're certainly trying to make our, our panels and our sound a lot more diverse sure. than than just just males. But you know it is a football podcast. So so yes we do have um, We've had uh, advertising deals, long-term advertising deals with a shaving company. We've also had a lot of uh, – our main sponsorship comes from gambling, and that's because if you watch football on telly, it is absolutely saturated with gambling advertising, and they, they want to reach our, our audience, balance that up as well. We do a lot uh, around mental health as well, We've, and we don't – you know, we, we do free adverts for – mental health charities like Calm and Mind mm. that we've run. But we do a lot of tech as well. We also um, have run adverts for, for other podcasts out there. You mm. know, uh, we, we did a, a series about kind of a, a much more highbrow football documentary series by a guy called David Goldblatt, a very good football writer. They advertised with us, and that was a, a paid a paid scheme so yeah we 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 have a sales director here at muddy knees media and we will run adverts and we run about three different adverts per show you know obviously they are products that are targeted towards our, our listeners that's what the clients want to do they want to reach that particular audience we haven't said yes to everything that that's come our way you know we we will turn things down if we don't think it's appropriate to what our audience wants to hear but yes the podcasting advertising market is very healthy at the moment
2: If you had to sum up briefly, for beginners, what makes a good podcast? And and granted, I I don't want to take away uh, potential buyers of your book. So uh, what would you tell them? 199
5: on Amazon right now.
2: Yeah, exactly. So so how could you give that basic advice as to what makes a good podcast?
5: I think the, the most important thing when you're setting up your own podcast is to do something original. There are a lot of podcasts out there and there are a lot of not very good ones mm. so you need to do something well but you need to find your own spin and your own take on things and podcasting can be as niche as you want it to be we do we do a football show that's got a massive audience i also i'm a big wrestling fan so we uh, i did a wrestling show on the side and we've kind of taken that into the production company and that has a far smaller audience but i applied the same sort of meticulous research and editorial principles and have looked for really interesting voices to, to talk about about wrestling there. I don't think there's anything else like it out there. That's called the parts unknown podcast. I like really simple things as well i like one-on-one interviews i like just being able to hear two different voices that's my in terms of my own style of production i can't do things like radio lab or these really sophisticated documentaries um Hmm. that will often take months and months to produce my again coming from commercial radio i record on the day and put it out a couple of hours later that's just the way I've always done things Uh, I'm very much about a quick turnaround so I will add as much sophistication as I can to that but I'm not the sort of person who's going to spend weeks and weeks making a documentary so I I really admire simple simple things and storytelling and that that's what I think is most important with with podcasting it's storytelling
2: what are you listening to at the moment are there any presenters or radio stations or programs or podcasts that really have got your ear
5: my, my top recommendation for anyone looking to get into podcasts is Mark Maron's WTF it's just an absolutely sensationally good interview program he started off getting comedians as his guests. he's now on episode 900 and something and so he's Kind of run out of comedians, but it's such a high-profile show. He's had Obama on it. Yeah. That he he's part of the circuit now. So anyone who's anyone goes on that, and they give a very very different kind of interview than you'll than you'll hear elsewhere. In terms of self-help, mental health kind of things like that. You know, again, this is people telling their own stories, and and this is you know something very close to my heart. But also just a different way of hearing interviews. There's a really really interesting show called the Mental Illness Happy Hour which is some very dark stories in there, but it's just a really good outlet for people to, to talk about mental health issues. That's really good. On completely opposite scale, you have a new, uh, a new production company company called Wondery. They did the Dirty John series for the LA Times about this time last year. They've got a really interesting series called Business Wars where they will talk about kind of two competing businesses in the same sphere so you've got coke versus pepsi you've got adidas versus puma mac versus apple you've got some really interesting stories i also really like the start which was uh, a guardian podcast which is made by a friend of mine uh, a really talented producer called eva kresjak who has her own show called uh, everyone else which is well worth checking out but the the start is really really nicely made it's got interviews with artists and that's not just sort of painters but you know writers uh, sculptures musicians creative types and how they began working and it's it's got some really really nice uh kind of soundscapes in there as well uh you don't hear the interviewer's voice over it's a it's a really interesting show so that's the start on the guardian
1: fantastic noise fantastic noise, fantastic noise a podcast about making radio from the university of bedfordshire
2: Producer Ben Green there, a voice listeners of the Totally Football Show will definitely recognise. He's been producing podcasts a long time and seen their popularity explode. I was really interested to hear about podcast advertising, the argument being that people listening to podcasts are actively choosing to listen to that podcast content, therefore they're more likely to hear the advertising. Was there anything there, Carlotta, which you took away from the conversation?
0: Well, that was really interesting. And also, Eva also talks a little bit about how to make money out of it to keep going. So that was a common thread through the both interviews. Mm. What I liked is that he gave a bit of the long view. I mean, not the super long view, I'm perhaps 10 years back, but you know, he, he talked about how technology has moved on so quickly and how it's easier to to listen to radio in different forms through apps and so on. So and and I do recognize that. I remember having my laptop some years ago to listen to radio through my laptop, which was a bit uncomfortable at night, for example. And now I can use my phone. So the the advances on technology were very interesting, and I recognized it. Uh, as far as the the issue with money, well, obviously. I don't know whether these people do this full time, but you know it's one of the key questions now with any media really. how do you with journalism, for example, things mm-hmm. are changing so quickly that you know the financial models have to be moving on with all the changes so that was that was interesting to hear. I think it works probably better with the American podcast. I mean many of them start with an ad. Mm. Not so much in other stuff that I've listened to, but but that's obviously a, a key question that that probably all grappling with.
2: Yeah, how to monetize those yeah. those podcasts? Eleven um, percent of people listen to podcasts in the UK, Ben said, according to stats. Although I think it's probably more than that by now. I think that's how quickly podcasts uh, are growing in terms of a medium, like in the last couple of years.
0: I suppose it's because you have to have somebody tell you what to listen to. You can go to the BBC Radio 4 and it's all there and you can pick and choose. But if it's a podcast, then there has to be somebody that does the curator role and guide you to some titles that you can explore. I mean, you can't possibly... I suppose you could do... You just search for podcast in Google and then you would get the list. But, you know, that is what uh, how I have discovered interesting things because perhaps in the weekend newspaper there's a section with the highlights in podcasting and then you go to that. But you have to be guided. Mm. So maybe the audience will grow as there is more information about what's out there and the audience numbers will grow.
2: Radio is now an established area of study in universities across the land, but podcasts are a relatively new subject matter. Richard Berry is a senior lecturer in radio at the University of Sunderland. He's recently co-edited a book, Podcasting, New Oral Cultures and Digital Media. I asked him to tell me the sorts of topics I should expect
4: to read about.
1: Fantastic Noise, Fantastic noise. a podcast about making radio.
4: I think our aim with the book was to try and write something that kind of crossed different types of podcasting. So people have written about some kind of key podcasts people have written about the different ways in which podcasting exists a, as a medium. People have talked about kind of podcasts that are art. People have kind of thought about the form. We've got a, a case study with Richard Herring. People have really kind of just thought about podcast as a as a, almost as a separate medium. I think what my hope for for the book was, and hopefully the other editors agree with me, is that we kind of move. Podcasting into something that we might kind of call podcast studies.
2: By podcast studies, obviously we're talking specifically podcasting being studied rather than as a part of radio.
4: Yeah, I mean I think this is controversial, really. I suppose when it comes to comes to radio studies, and I've had several discussions about this, and I'm sure I'll have some at the forthcoming radio conference in in Italy. I think podcasting has partly come. Certainly our part of podcasting has come from a radio studies background there's an argument oh well podcasts are just another form of radio it's like putting on your local radio station listening to radio 4, listening to listening to to radio lab actually i think as time has gone on what we're seeing is kind of a different set of practices there's a different aesthetic we shouldn't forget as well that podcasting also crosses into self-help into the public sector And particularly into into education. I think that if we can start to think, actually, there's some commonality between what's happening, say, as podcasts, as media products, and podcasts as education things, social gain strategies. Then actually, we might probably better understand what's going on. All being well, the book will be out in July, August time.
2: Are you going to be making a podcast to help? Promote the book, or as part of the book?
4: Uh, assume we can get all the interviews done, um, the podcast will be out about the same time.
2: Fantastic. You've not been a, a stranger to writing about podcasts, though, Richard. I've been, mentioned the book, but you've been writing scholarly articles and papers for, for a number of years. A couple of years ago, in fact, you wrote a paper called Podcasting, considering the ev- evolution of the medium and its association with the word radio, where you uh, argued that we should be considering podcasts as distinct from linear radio broadcasting, like you've already been saying, presuming you still have that view, do you think that that podcasts should always be deemed separate to radio? Or or do you think that there is a way in which radio studies should be looking at podcasting as well?
4: Yes, is the short answer. But I think it's a sliding scale in terms of different types of podcasts. I think if you say, well, all podcasts are radio because they make noise then you then say well what about audiobooks is they make a noise and are they radio well Mm. no they're not they're a particular form and i think there are some podcasts that sound a lot like radio and some podcasts are made by radio stations and radio companies but then there's stuff at the extreme that you think that doesn't sound like our kind of view of what radio traditionally sound like you know because the technical qualities not great, or they swear in it, or the content is, you know, super, super, super niche, because they're talking about something that, you know, only a handful of people are interested in. And so if you say, well, it's all radio, then that kind of limits your discussion, because then you say, well, this thing here is poor radio, and actually, it could be a great podcast. So should radio people be studying podcasts? Absolutely, because I think, this is an evolution of audio, and I think there is a crossover. And what I think broadcasters are recognising now, the BBC is showing this by appointing people to run their, their podcast division, and they're getting out and they're meeting producers and saying, actually, we're going to commission work now that's not intended to go on the radio. We're only going to podcast it because we recognise that whilst we're a radio organisation, actually, podcasts are different, and we need to deal with different subjects, talk to different audiences, but also make them in a, in a different way than we'd make our radio programmes.
2: Obviously, you've listened to a lot of podcasts, and, and it's, it's hard to, to, to throw so much different sorts of audio into to one pot, but we are. Is the appeal that the podcast medium offers opportunities for, for a truly unique listening experience, or is the appeal more about the convenience of podcasts in the same way Netflix or iPlayer is for for television?
4: I think it's a bit of both. I think convenience is possibly one driver, but then the iPlayer radio app in the UK and the NPR One app in the US is kind of very similar to to the iPlayer. You can pick a programme, pick features and listen to it on the app, and that's really convenient. So there's other convenient apps out there. I think really what drives it is is content, the content that might feel more, more relevant to us because it's super niche. It's talking about stuff that we're really interested in, whether that's serial killers or movies or video games, politics. But often because they're made by real people, they sound more authentic. And I think one thing for me that kind of stands out across all good podcast is there's, a, there's an element of innovation there it's just something we've not heard before they're taking on a different approach kind of fresh and that's got kind of cut through and i think that's sometimes what draws people in is i'm hearing things here that feels more aligned to my interests and my beliefs but also is, is kind of fresh
2: and i guess innovation comes in lots of different forms as well it doesn't it doesn't have to be like a technological innovation it can just be the sort of content that, that's being covered i know um, my wife has uh, recently been listening to a podcast called guys we F'd. and just the yeah. way it approaches issues on on sex uh, relationships and 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 even feminism i suppose is is unique and you wouldn't hear that on the radio i don't think
4: oh, and i think that's a you know a good example you know i mean yeah the women who produce that you know they're, they're comedians and they're using this as a vehicle for kind of getting getting their brand out there and yeah absolute stuff you won't hear on the radio but it's conversations that you would hear you know between friends over uh, you know several bottles of wine.
2: What What's the future for podcasting Richard? Where Where does it go from here do you think?
4: That's the, that's the million dollar question isn't it? Um, I think it's going to continue to grow certainly all the evidence suggests that that will be the case. Um, there's certainly more money coming into the market, more growth of Networks and there's more kind of focus. I think from big companies, going actually there is something here. I think that will bring in talent and that will bring in money. Whether that then squeezes out some of the people who've done the innovation on the fringes, that's a worry. Mm. And whether you know the, the term podcasting is now becoming kind of quite broad, and so this stuff within Audible behind a paywall that's called podcast spotify are doing the same and whether we'll see kind of true podcasts that are open accessible and free and then whether we'll see kind of more premium stuff hidden behind paywalls on different apps and platforms that try and um, make themselves like the netflix for audio there's there's a worry there that the kind of the term gets hijacked a bit
2: what are you enjoying listening to at the moment It, it might be a podcast it might it might be something else
4: as you can imagine my podcast app i'm just looking at it now has dozens and dozens <laughs> of different podcasts from around the world all different types and i listen to a lot of different things i mentioned uh, the bbc world service nrk podcast death in ice valley that's uh, about to come to an end i think that's been really really interesting it's a nice uh, bit of co-production there's a great podcast from the new york times called caliphate where they've been investigating ISIS and they've spoken to members of ISIS that is um, kind of just an example of amazing kind of detailed investigative journalism that I think has been, been really interesting because I'm going to trying to put something together uh, for a conference. I'm looking at lots of different podcasts for that and one of the ones I've been listening to declared interest, one of my graduates is, is making it but kind of comedy etiquette podcast called help i sexted my boss which i think is uh become really interesting and quite quite funny fantastic
1: noise. fantastic noise fantastic noise a podcast about making radio from the university of bedfordshire
2: carlotta richard berry there was talking about the possible beginning of podcast studies but also that there is a connection between some podcasts and radio. The question of what radio now is is something that I think we'll focus on in a future episode of this podcast. We also talked about why podcasts are popular. For you, is the biggest driver the convenience or the content?
0: I think the content, really. I mean, we have so much access to so much media. I think that everything is becoming more easy to access, really. So there's convenience all around us, really. But it's, it's really the content and it's the unusual material and the unexpected content that you find in some of them. And and also, in many cases, also the high production values. I mean, some of these podcasts are just amazing. Mm. I mean, the, 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 the music, the sound, you know, the, the, the storytelling. So that, that definitely would be a main appeal for me.
2: If anyone wants to contact us here at Fantastic Noise, it would be really very, very nice to hear from you. I'm, I'm very keen to make this podcast as interactive as possible. Uh, we did receive an email, actually, from Les, uh, which I'm going to read now. It says, uh, Dear Terry and the Fantastic Noise team, at time of writing, the only thing I've heard of your podcast is your trailer. I'm delighted Donald Trump isn't actually a part of it. Uh, those people who listen to the trailer, that might make more sense. I'm now 41, but four years ago I volunteered at a a nameless community radio station in the UK. It didn't go well for me. Such was the commercial nature of the station. The staff were always pushing me to make my links tighter to play certain songs, and eventually they rotated me off the schedule after three months. I was only doing it for fun. I like radio, but I'll never become a radio professional. The experience shook my confidence a bit. What would you do if you were me? Cheers, Les in Surrey. Thank you, Les, and uh, thank you for the email. I don't know your experiences, personally, or the station that you mention uh, particularly, but I would raise a couple of broad points. One is that your bad experience is a massive shame, because it sounds as though this station wasn't the right fit for you. There are loads of places you can volunteer to make radio. Hospital radio, other community stations, online stations, so I suggest try again. Have some fun because it is fun making radio. And I think the skills, those soft skills you get from making radio, help so much in real-life situations. We're talking confidence and communication skills and making those succinct points, learning about your local areas, etc, etc. But the other point I'd like to make is with my community media hat on. Uh, This station that you mentioned may have been going through some financial hardship. Uh, The advertising revenue may have been crucial. Perhaps the staff involved should have done a better job in making you feel like a valuable volunteer. Uh, but I've been in situations where I've been a manager and programmes are in the wrong place in the schedule, and sometimes those conversations with volunteers can be tricky uh, and, and people get upset. So uh, just sticking up for the station a little bit here. But who knows, Les? The main thing is get back on board with making radio. Keep it up. Make some radio. Uh, thanks for getting in touch, Les. Really good to hear from you. If you want to get in touch, be it with stories, suggestions for future podcasts, Feedback or something else. Here are the contact details.
1: Contact us. Email fantasticnoise at beds.ac.uk. Facebook.com forward slash a fantastic noise.
0: Instagram and Twitter at a
1: fantastic noise. Fantastic noise.
0: Fantastic noise.
2: Are you just starting to make radio but need some friendly expert help? Are you sick? of your audio not quite sounding right. It sounds like you need a doctor. Good thing for you. It's time for Dr. Laurie Hallett's Radio Surgery.
4: I'm Dr. Laurie Hallett, Senior Lecturer in Radio and Journalism at the University of Bedfordshire. If you're thinking about buying your own portable audio recorder for use in conjunction with your studies or at home then why not check out some reviews first. Online reviews can be a good place to start. They can tell you what professionals and other students think of particular pieces of equipment. Alternatively check out the range of equipment that you can borrow from the university stores.
2: That's my colleague and the owner of the Lariest Shirts in Bedfordshire, Dr Laurie Hallett. <laughs> <laughs> Carlotta, you're obviously very familiar with I'm Laurie's shirts. I'm very familiar shirts. with
0: shirts, yes. Spectacular.
2: <laughs> Before we go, I would like to do a little bit of radio jargon busting. There's way too much jargon in the world, Carlotta. This is the Radio Word of the Week.
1: Radio Word of the Week. Fantastic noise! A podcast about making radio.
2: This time, our word is bed which is is short for music bed. So to explain more, it's a radio production element, if you like. It's usually just instrumental music or a sound effect played in the background of a spoken commercial, promo trailer, or, or sometimes whilst a presenter is talking on the radio. If you hear a presenter mention their bed... They aren't yearning for a sleep. No, they're talking about the music in the background whilst they're talking. Uh, So now you know. Carlotta, fine sight, were you familiar with the term bed?
0: No, but I'm happy I know now. I I recognise the actual you know thing you're mentioning but I didn't know it was called bed yeah well there you go
2: (laughs) radio jargon busting that's that's why we have this word of the week brilliant Um, that's about all we have time for in this episode of Fantastic Noise so thank you so much for joining us there will be another episode next week of course do follow us on social media at a fantastic noise for updates and previews Uh, thank you to our guests today Eva Christiak producer Ben Green and Richard Berry a special thanks as well to my co-host Dr. Carlotta Lorea
0: you're very welcome, Terry. What's was fun.
2: Our artwork was produced by Stu Elvin, Stu with a double O. Our announcements were from Freya McCann and our theme music is from Liam Ayton. Uh, this podcast was produced by me for the University of Bedfordshire's radio team and recorded in the studios of Radiolab 97.1 FM. I'm Terry Lee and this, I hope you'll agree, has been a fantastic noise.